I want to do it all. I want to do it all. And I want to do it all right now. Right now, let's get to it. (laughs) Have you ever sat down to set goals and you ended up with an entire book full of self-improvements? You know, I need to eat more vegetables and I want to track my micros, macros, micros. I want to track my macros and I want to exercise five days a week, which includes three days of lifting weights and two days of cardio. And I guess I should probably add in some yoga or stretching or something like that. Then I should probably set some weekly dates with my husband because I like them and I want to spend some time with them. Ooh, and I haven't spent time with friends as much as I'd like to lately. So maybe I should try to have once a week lunch or coffee with a friend, and then I should use that financial app that I downloaded three months ago, but I never used. I should declutter my house, then I probably should organize things. Oh yeah, and I'm going to crush it at work this year. Anyone? (laughs) Anyone like this? If there are two things that I want you to take from today's episode, they are to set goals more frequently and to set less goals. Set less goals. That's what we're talking about today. Let's get to it. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals, playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Before I jump into things, I want to invite you all to the new Plan Go Plan Facebook community. It is absolutely free. You can find the link down in the show notes or go onto Facebook, pop in there, search Plan Go Plan. It should come up. In this community, we are going to be supporting each other. It is a way for us to connect with each other. I will be posting on Mondays prompts to help you think about the week ahead. On Wednesdays, we're going to be sharing some things that work. And then on Fridays, I will offer you some prompts for reflection. I'll keep you updated on everything going on with the podcast. If any exciting news comes up, you'll be the first to know about it. So go join the free Facebook community, Plan Go Plan. Y'all, I want to connect with you. Sometimes I feel lonely talking into this microphone. So I want to connect with you all. And this is a way to do it. And it's a way to keep it free. So join the Plan Go Plan Facebook community. All right, let's jump into this episode. Our first home was this big, beautiful, nearly 100-year-old home. And I remember one summer grabbing a notebook and I started to walk around the house and I would note everything that needed work done to it. And while I was doing this, I would also note any of the places that I needed to clean or reorganize. So my basement, my closet, the garage. And by the time I was finished, I had several pages, pages of to-dos. And they ranged from huge projects like 
redo the ceiling. I think that they have asbestos in them to repaint the grout on the kitchen floor. And while a small part of me felt relieved to get it all out on paper, I mostly felt overwhelmed. It was a long list. It was a lot, y'all, a lot. And many of the things we couldn't afford at the moment, there was no way that I was going to be able to get all of those things done that summer. Like it wasn't going to happen. So I had this giant list. And what we ended up doing is my husband and I sat down and we decided of this list, what is it that we need to prioritize? And can we just start with two to three things that we're going to get done this summer? Two to three things out of pages of to-dos. Today's episode is all about how to set goals more frequently and how to set less goals. So how often should you set goals? Let's start right there. So most of the time, people set goals at the beginning of the year. Maybe in your workplace, you have a start of the year ritual where you set goals for your team in my position at the university. At the beginning of each academic year, we have to report to our supervisors and let them know what our annual goals are. In our personal lives, it can be really similar, right? The new year comes, we feel like we should set new year's resolutions, we might sit down, set some goals, and we have no plan in place to revisit those goals. And then all of a sudden, maybe December comes and you're like, oh, it's the end of the year. Oh, did did I set goals last year? What were they? Did I accomplish them? <laughs> so rather than thinking about goals as this thing that you do once during the year and you don't really revisit them, I want to encourage you to think about setting goals more frequently and putting into place a plan to keep revisiting them. So what you're seeing in the productivity world right now is a emphasis on setting 90-day goals. The book, The 12-Week Year, was really popular. And in it, they talk about the reason 12 weeks is a really good time period for people to focus on goals. And they argue that when you give yourself an entire year, it makes procrastination much more likely. Ooh, I don't need to start this yet. Like, I have till December to figure this out, right? Right. But that when you have 12 weeks, you create a sense of urgency. I got to get this done. I got 12 weeks to work on it. And urgency oftentimes does inspire us to take action. And acting on your goals is a very, very commonly cited issue. People have no problem setting goals, but actually taking action on those goals and acting consistently is an issue. So when you commit to 12 weeks, Even the idea of consistency doesn't seem so hard, right? Oh, I just got to do this for 12 weeks. And what's awesome is if you do something consistently for a full 12 weeks, you've probably instilled some habits that even after that 12 weeks, you're going to hold on to them. So for many, many people, 90-day goals, 12-week goals, it's also sometimes common for people to just do goals three times a year, almost like in trimesters. So a 100-day period and then giving yourself some wiggle room in between for vacations and things like that where maybe maybe you want to build in some time to just like not be goaling. I don't know how you would say that. 
to step away from goals, to set away from anything that feels like striving. By setting goals more frequently, you're establishing a practice of goal setting. It's a practice. It's a process. And built into that is also processes of reflection that are going to make it a little bit easier for you to link goal setting and planning. I think that linking goal setting and planning is key. It's absolutely necessary. That if you're going to set a goal, you need to have a plan for how you're going to put it in motion. But also planning can help you gain some awareness of what your time availability actually is, what your capacity actually is. It will help you gain some awareness of which domains of your life need more attention than others. So if you can create a monthly or even a weekly system in which you're thinking, well, what am I learning? What is working? Is this goal the right goal for right now? You can start integrating your goal setting into your planning practice and it becomes easier to focus on fewer goals at once. When you trust that you have a plan in place for focusing on other goals. So if right now I am focusing on my health, but I know that my house really needs attention, I need to do some decluttering. It is so helpful to say, you know what, Danielle, you can leave the decluttering for now because you have a plan to start that in July. And in July, you're going to be able to take care of that. So right now, focus on your health. Because that's what you need. So one way that you can do this is at the beginning of the year, you actually might set 8 to 12 goals, but then you're going to choose three goals to focus on that first quarter. And at the end of that first quarter, you're going to reflect. You're going to say, hey, how much progress have I made? What worked? What didn't work? Am I ready to move on to three new goals? Or does some of these other goals need to continue on for another three months? So if you have a plan to set goals more frequently and revisit those goals, you don't feel like you have to do it all now. You can breathe easy knowing that you're eventually going to get to those things. So why should you set less goals? You're like, Danielle, but I want to do it all. (laughs) The reason that you should set less goals is because you are more likely to achieve them if you do. I was blown away. I decided I'm going to look up all those peer-reviewed journal articles and I'm going to read them and figure out why it is that you should set less goals. And what was mind-boggling to me about this is that when I went into the research, it did not matter the context. Having less goals and clearer goals was imperative regardless. I read an article that was about managing your personal finances And it suggested that you have fewer and clearer goals around your finances and you're going to have greater progress over time. The same was in an article about sports and goal setting, another on dieting and goal setting, one about setting goals in educational settings. It did not matter the context. The research on goal setting says set fewer goals, make sure that they are clear, and you are more likely to make more progress over time by focusing on fewer things at once. A lot of this has to do with your cognitive load. We can only 
hold so many things all at once. By focusing on a few things, we're going to be able to manage that a little bit better. There's also something called the Zygernik effect. And this is basically the idea that we remember things that are incomplete more than we remember completed tasks. So once we've accomplished a task, it's out of mind. I'll often talk about how when my house is a mess, I feel like it's an invisible to-do list. That I look around and I see all of the things that need to get done and it feels like I'm constantly staring at my to-do list. And that makes sense. If incomplete tasks were more likely to remember, that means that there's also a higher cognitive load for incomplete tasks. There's actually a debate in productivity world about whether or not you should keep a running to-do list. Some people argue that keeping a running to-do list is creating a bigger cognitive load for you. So some of those things on your to-do list you should probably delete, you should probably be delegating, and some of those things just don't matter. And what the argument is, is that when you keep that list and you have all of these things that are incomplete on it, that they're actually adding to your cognitive load instead of helping you. So one reason that you should set less goals is because it's going to reduce your cognitive load. By limiting your goals, you're going to be able to focus your attention. You're going to be able to prioritize which goals matter right now. And then by doing that, decision-making is going to get easier. This is one of the things that I love about having really clear goals and getting real clear about my priorities. If I know that right now I am trying to read for fun, I am working on my health by exercising, and I am also trying to be present for my kids, and I unexpectedly, this doesn't happen very often, But all of a sudden, I have 30 minutes where I can do whatever I want, and my kids aren't around. So I know that the goal of being present with my kids isn't really an option. Then I can go, okay, well, which should I do? Should I clean my house? Should I fold some laundry? Should I exercise? Should I read for fun? And I go, oh, I've already decided in my goal setting that I'm either going to exercise or I'm going to read for fun. So which is it? And I need to choose one of those things because that's what I've set as my goal. Right now, my goal isn't to have my laundry done perfectly. (laughs) So I can let that go for now. I love the way that having a limited set of goals really helps me prioritize and it speeds up my decision-making process. So we know that setting less goals matters. How do you choose them? How do I choose what those three goals are? If you do not have a planning practice, I want you to so bad have a planning practice. You might consider making establishing a planning practice your very first goal. I feel really strongly that you should have a foundation of planning in place before you set goals. What's so helpful about it is that if you know that you have a process to help you consider 
How is this working? Do I need to make any adjustments? Is this working? Am I making progress? Is it time to reward myself? If you have a system in place to help you reflect on how your goal is going, you are so much more likely to actually meet the goal that you've set. So my first piece of advice is to have a planning practice in place. I also think that through planning, you start to gain some clarity on what matters, how you're spending your time. You start slowly learning how you're responding to different things happening in terms of your time. And a really solid planning practice helps you gain clarity on what your priorities need to be right now. Another thing that you can do when choosing your three goals is to consider your next three months. If you're going to work on this goal for the next 12 weeks, what's your capacity for the next 12 weeks? What's your energy like at that time of the year? Y'all, for me, summertime, I have strong house cleaning energy. In the summer, I want to do house projects. In the winter, I'm really into reflection. I want to wrap up under a blanket and read a book. So you might consider what are your next three months looking like and what kind of energy do you have during that time? You also might consider which domains of your life need attention. Is there an area of your life that needs a little TLC? I really like Moxie Life. It's spelled M-A-K-S-E-L-I-F-E, Moxie Life. It is a planning company and they have a wonderful planner that combines planning and goal setting. And they have tons of free downloads on their website as well. And one of them is a life compass. And basically what you do is you take this quiz and it helps you evaluate all the different domains of your life. Then you fill in this lovely little wheel that shows you where you are at in different domains. What I really like about this is you can do something like this and it will say, ooh, Danielle, you really haven't been focusing on friendships. Your friendship domain was really, really low. And either you can look at that and go, all right, I need to focus on that. That's going to be one of my top three goals for this next quarter. Or maybe you go, yeah, it is low and it's just not a priority right now in my life. Right now, my family is getting all of my attention, my health, and my job. Those are the three domains I'm focusing on. So you might just consider what domains of your life especially need attention. And that might also help you realize, oh yeah, this area of my life does need attention, but it's not my priority right now. Another way to choose your goals is to reconnect with your values. Do a core value card sort or just do some reflective journaling to connect with your values. Which of these goals align most with your values? Choose those goals to work on. What are your long-term goals? Do any of these short-term 12-week goals help move your long-term goals forward? If so, Maybe that's the goal that you choose. I want you to make sure that your goals are clear. 
I want you to have a clear vision for what you're doing for those three months. So you want to have a clear three-month plan for each of the goals that you set. And planning is going to help you determine not only which goals to set, but will also help you put those goals into motion. Plan, goal, plan. I want you to plan first. I want you to plan first for clarity. Once you have some clarity, I want you to set goals that give you direction. And then I want you to plan again for action, for efficacy. Y'all, allowing yourself to focus on less, to do less and do that well, to give yourself space to really set a foundation on the things that you're working towards. It is so satisfying. And when you actually accomplish a goal, you're going to build so much confidence. You're going to be like, hey, I set a goal and I followed through. You're going to regain trust in yourself. It's so important. So to quickly recap, I encourage you to set goals more frequently. By setting goals more frequently, you're going to be able to work on less goals at a time. But still, over the course of the year, you could accomplish a lot. I also talked to you about why setting less goals is so effective. And then I offered you some different ways to choose your three goals. I wish for you clarity. Clarity to know which goals you need to set now. I wish for you motivation to jump in there and do the thing. The ability to know when it's time to adjust or adapt or rest. I wish for you clarity and direction and a delightful journey. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.